Hi, welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie. Hi, I'm Alan. And we're still married. <laughs> and it's been a while since just Alan and I sat down and recorded together. Or talked. You know, this quarantine thing, we're stuck together, but we don't talk. Ever. That's not true. We talk too much, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're sick of each other. Last last night was funny because for no particular well, basically the kids, but for no particular specific reason, I was fed up and not in a great mood. So we it came the time when the kids were kind of settled and usually we would get into bed, Katie and I, and watch a show or something else. And I just said, you watch a show, I need to shoot someone. And I went on and played some Call of Duty on my computer. And then I woke up this morning and everything was fine. Everything was fine. I think that we have, we, we realized that we're going to have grumpy days because it's just the nature of the beast right now. That's right. Every day is the same. It's Groundhog's Day. We wake up. We do the same thing. We don't look forward to the weekends because it just means that we wake the kids up and do work rather than homework. And... Now I know you how know. Bill Murray feels. Now you know. Except don't try to kill yourself every day. No. Or learn how to ice sculpt. <laughs> That's all I remember about that movie. No, that well, we would like to give uh, a few updates on how things are going uh, in our mixed faith marriage. And we invite you guys to ask yourselves the same questions as we're going through. So let's talk. And we're not even going to edit out the kid sound effects. Hopefully you can't hear them in the background. But... Uh, I, we will not wanna, that that ever stopped us before. Not that that, yeah, that's true. Uh, so how is quarantine going and does quarantine make mixed faith marriage harder or easier? And it's probably, the answer is probably, it depends on every situation, but how is quarantine going for you, Katie? Man. Well, we, we had some positives in the last few days because what, what happened yesterday? Okay. No, no, no. This is what it this is what it is. Let me tell you guys. So, rather than plan trips, which is like my go-to or my projects, rather than rather than like plan like different things we were supposed to doing. Um we were supposed to be on we were supposed to leave for uh Italy today. May 2nd. Really? Today was the day? Today was the day we had plane oh. tickets to leave for Italy today. Suddenly I am depressed. That is definitely not happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh Anyway, so I just like have to shift my energy and focus towards something else, which means da da da, like all of you, home projects. Yes, indeed. We are our own Chip and Joanna Gaines, except we don't know how to do any of it. Is it the Magnolia people? <laughs> it is. Hey, look at me. Uh, I think all of you are driving your spouses crazy with home projects. I'm I'm sure of it because. Like Home Depot is packed. It is. Everyone's everyone's renting equipment. Everyone I have I can't even tell you how many people I've tried to contract to come and do things for me and and, and ended up being friends of friends doing it that we right. paid. But yeah, I have focused all of my I've harnessed that energy into home projects. Home projects. So we laid some concrete. Yesterday we yeah. didn't, but we paid paid someone to do it. We did groundwork beforehand. That's true. We removed a ton of bricks. Uh, I mean, trenches. it took us three and a half hours. The six of us as a whole family. Well, five of us. Zara kind of walked. 
Well, she helped, but anyway, um, she's our eight year old. So that was that was fun, and then we posted them online, and they got they got whisked away pretty quickly after we posted them, which was wonderful not to, not to have to put them anywhere. But then we had a a concrete uh, contractor come out, and he threw down the concrete yesterday, and it's kind of I didn't know how quickly, but it's already like. It's not done curing, but you can walk on it. We're not walking on it. And we're telling the kids it takes four days just to be safe. But we put our handprints in it, and that was super fun. And, yeah. And now we're... We're waiting for about two or three more weeks, and we're we're having a hot tub put in. And an in-ground trampoline. And all of that is about the cost that we had saved for Italy. So <laughs> that's our 15-year anniversary gift. Happy 15-year anniversary, Katie. You got a hot tub and a trampoline. Happy anniversary, One of which you will kids. use. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. That's very true. But what about quarantine and mixed-faith marriage? Has it had much of an impact on us? I think it's... I think you don't even have to be in a mixed faith marriage. You could just be in a marriage and yeah. have it be have it impact. How does quarantine impact marriage in general, right? I mean, because honest, quite honestly, it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Not that you and I fight, but I think the we're home. I'm homeschooling. Alan's home. He's working. And plot twist, he just found out that you may not go back to work. Well, meaning physically, I still have my job. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So now we've got <laughs> till August till the kids go back. Yeah. All and together. I will say this, Katie, you are incredible at oh. managing the kids while I'm working because I basically put <laughs> my, not just earbuds, my over Yelling the head. the kids. <laughs> I put my over the ear headphones on uh, and I... I might as well be alone in the house because you really do a really good job. And the kids do too. They honestly do. I haven't, it's been a number of weeks since I've had to poke my head out and say, I'm on a call. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened. So uh, I'm appreciative of that for sure. Yeah. It's a challenge. I think that, I think, yeah, I, we're just trying to balance it all. We're getting into a rhythm. We have a routine. The kids get up and they, eat they go straight on their chromebooks they do their and then they ride their bikes to the school pick up a free school lunch eat i mean we have like a routine every day yeah so that's really helpful but i think like the lack of the lack of um social interaction that we have with family members with friends like we really haven't seen anyone um alan's mom comes over but that's that's about it. And I have missed my nieces and nephews so much. Like yeah. I really miss them. So it's specific ones. The ones that are the babies. Un- under one year old. Yeah. <laughs> I want the babies. <laughs> but I, I think for anyone that's in a marriage that this is a really hard time. Like Alan and I get snippy at each other and it's just the nature of the beast. We're you know, we're both stressed. We both are working all day. You know, it's just different types of work. And then Alan gets off and I'm like, okay, <laughs> come and help me move this brick or right. let's do this project. Um, I think where the added stress, if you are in a mixed faith marriage, could come in. What have you seen or heard? On- well, I think I mean, we've experienced it a little bit and we can talk about our workshop because the online course that we're doing right now, Katie and I are going through it as well. A lot of the material is from Natasha Helfer-Parker 
and we collaborate with her. And so we kind of make it um, um, kind of a tightrope feeling <laughs> uh, lesson and exercises. But every week we assign these little, we call them your tightrope in action, where you use the lesson that you learned on Monday night in the in the course material lecture, and then you put it into action in your marriage. And I think that that's where in quarantine it can get difficult because Katie and I largely have learned how to navigate our mixed faith marriage and we can be around each other all the time and it's just not a big problem because we've made space for the differences that we have for mm -hmm. the most part there's things that pop up that are difficult of course but day to day it's like it's not this big thing but then when we jump into completing these little um these little workshops mm -hmm. uh these tight ropes in action um, all of a sudden you're with each other and if you have a disagreement or something, there's really nowhere else for you to go. So you kind of have to learn how to, uh, disagree while also being in each other's presence and maybe being annoyed, but okay, now let's watch Parks and Rec and be happy about it. And I don't know. I, I think that that's where it could get difficult. Uh, the, the online course is perfect for those that are taking it because it's online. You have to be home anyway and all that's, all that's great, but it also adds this, this extra dimension of, okay, we're going to be here together. Let's figure out how to be here together in a healthy way. Yeah, it's not always healthy. And I know that some of you are dealing with other challenges because you're working outside of the home. You're coming home. I mean, there everyone yeah. has like... Every situation is Every situation is going to be different. Also, right now is a really stressful time. And Alan and I are just now taking care of what we did which was eat the entire month of April. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. It was. But yeah, I think like this shows how uh, just yesterday. So we started May 1st, which was yesterday. And we both lost two and a half pounds in one day. That just shows how bad we were eating before. Oh, yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, we would go through like, oh, we got to be better. And then oh, yeah. so I like we coped with eating. But I think that um, everyone copes in a different way. And this really, for someone in a mixed faith marriage, it, this could be a really hard time because yeah. one one spouse could cope with something that the other spouse disagrees with. That could be church. That it could, could be, be alcohol. Church. It could be alcohol. It could be you know hyper spirituality. It could be it could be anything yeah. for both sides, and that can cause a lot of tension. And so what do, what happens when there's tension? Well, one of two things happens. <laughs> Either one, you just ignore and avoid each other, and you avoid being in each other's spaces, and you avoid talking about it. Or number two, you fight about it, and then you get over it, and you try and work through it, and then you move on until the next fight comes up or whatever. So I think that all of you are probably experiencing like a level, a degree of this in your own, in your own home, and... It's hard. I, I I just, man, my heart goes out to everyone because this is a hard time for everybody. Yeah, and just because it's hard doesn't mean that you're failing at it. I think it's important to recognize we had a question from from uh, someone in our online course, actually, and they asked, she asked the question of, this is so hard and this is so sad for me. How do I, how do I not a, feel so sad? And how do I... How do I get over the, the constant grief and sadness I feel? Yeah, and it's like... You have to feel it. You have to feel it. And yeah, you can get over it. We can talk about coping mechanisms and, or not coping mechanisms, but how to get past those feelings and have more acceptance of where you are. 
but you can't have that acceptance without feeling it at first. And the difficulties are what causes you to grow. Uh, that's important to remember that just because you're feeling sad or angry or disappointed in your mixed faith marriage or in your personal spiritual journey doesn't mean you're failing. That's actually a sign that you're on the right track. Like you have recognized something's not working. What do I need to do to fix it? Right. And going through those stages of grief, that's part of the process, right? Right. And I think for me, something that's really helped is having my own self-care routine, meditation, journaling. Um, I walk with a friend a couple times a week. Yeah. And, you know, we just kind of walk apart and we look straight ahead so we're not talking at each other. But mentally, that helps me a ton. Yeah. Alan, what, what have you found? So I'm, my morning routine, I love getting up before the, I mean, the kids don't get up to like almost 10, but <laughs> it's like summer at my house. And I'm sure yeah. you guys are thinking the same thing. It, that's what it feels like. But, um, I get up my morning routine, similar to yours. I, I make a fresh cup of coffee. I found a really awesome keto protein. It's a keto collagen powder. From Costco. From Costco. Uh, I'm not sure if it's at any of the Costco's, but the one here in Murray. But uh, I mix that in and it makes the chocolate a little, like a little bit of a mocha. But anyway, I make that. I also sit on the couch. I do a little mindfulness exercise, walk up to my office. Um, I I have this little, this nerdy baseball simulation game. So I, I check my little, my roster. And it's kind of like fantasy baseball, basically. <laughs> what if? Oh gosh, it just seems like another, it must be like a, a worse version of it because there's no teams actually playing. Yeah, there's no teams actually playing. It oh is a game. Gosh. It's a, it's a video oh, it game. Is. Yeah. Okay. You can collect cards and I've got Mike Piazza, my favorite player from when I was growing up. And so I checked that and then, um, I, I, I built this bookshelf. So I'll actually reach up on the bookshelf and read for really only five minutes because one thing that I'm having a hard time with is as soon as I'm sitting down at my de- at my work desk here in the office, I want to, like my mind keeps saying like, check your emails, check your emails, start, start responding, start responding, start responding. So uh, anyway, but I, right now I'm reading, um, I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. <laughs> I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. That's right. That's from uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um, I'll, I'll read for five quick minutes and then I'll, I'll get started with the day. And... I agree. It's a very nice way to to have the day. Uh, Katie and I try to get some time every day, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But we try to get some time every day either to go on a walk, uh, go to Costco together um, to, to do the shopping, uh, go on a bike ride. I bought a new bike about three or four weeks ago, and I, it's you would laugh at how big it is. It's so big. It's funny. But I'm really enjoying that because my knee really bothers me again, and that helps. So, yeah, that's what I do. Anyway. Yeah, so I hope that you're finding whatever works for you. Uh, I know that sometimes it's just easier to avoid each other and not not discuss problem after problem after problem head on because that can be really daunting. But uh, make sure that you recognize <laughs> when you're wanting to avoid because yeah. there's, there's discomfort there. You need to recognize what that problem is and feel those emotions and then do find a time to, to talk about it because they don't just go away. If you're avoiding something, you are, you are 
letting go of long-term benefits in in favor of short-term comfort. So it's I'm not going to say it's a selfish thing, but it's it is ignoring something that that needs to be discussed in a respectful way, of course, but you're you're basically saying you're telling your future self that your current comfort level is more important than any future comfort level. And don't get me wrong, there are times to discuss things and times not to. Right. So, I mean, definitely have some parameters of when would be a good time to discuss. Don't do it in midday when someone's working and the kids are running around. I mean, do it when you, th- I mean, there are better times than others, but um, get to it. Don't just put it off for weeks. Yeah. Okay. So is now a good time to discuss how conference was because that was almost a month ago. Yeah, and we haven't really recorded We we haven't recorded since then. This is one of those topics that are difficult. It can be difficult. Uh, The next week was even Easter. And uh, did we talk about Easter? We didn't. And I think I posted in Facebook about it. Yeah, you did post on Facebook about it. I did. So let's talk about conference first. And we don't need to talk about it long, but specifically for you, how was conference? I thought that there were there were some good talks. I loved Elder Holland's talk. There were there were some talks that stood out to me. Yeah. I you know, I was like talked about before how I was kind of worried about why are they having the women read this priesthood thing? And then I felt like it was built up in my mind, in my mind, and then it was kind of like, oh, okay. Like nothing really happened with it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I was let down. I just, again, probably psyched myself out before I needed to. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I was a mix of emotions. Some of the talks I felt like were great. Some of them I thought were not really applicable. We didn't really listen as a family. We listened. I listened individually, and you did also on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we we watched together the first session. Yeah. And then the second session, everyone kind of did their own thing. Right. So, I I don't know. I so going into I just think, do you remember going into conference? Right. You were concerned about what? I was concerned about messages that would make me feel bad about where I am, would make me feel bad about my family, would, uh, yeah, basically that. And then um, also I was worried about why they were having us read these priesthood things. So going into it, did you end up, um, did you end up being disappointed for the reasons you thought you would be? No, I was not. So that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Were you surprised with, were there, was there anything you were disappointed in um, with conference that that you weren't expecting to be? So, and as much or yes. as little as you want to talk about it, I'll just say this. I just know, obviously, I know the answer to this question. I'm just right. prompting you if you want to talk about it. Here. Right. Okay. So here's here's my. I'm not. I can't speak for the church. I can't speak for you know, their program. I know that they had an agenda. I know that these talks were probably written months in advance. I'm sure that, you know, they, they taped things. And um, I know that they had things that were, like, they were ready to go. What I would have liked, and maybe this is why I really gravitated towards other Holland's talk, was I really thought this was a good opportunity to talk about 
hope and and Christ and I mean there's so many things that could have been touched on I feel like um and that weren't because right sure. now right now you know when you are just worried about feeding your family you can't think of anything else I'm just going to give that one example I'm not saying any of you are this way but there are there are people in America right now who have lost their job who are very concerned about how to feed their family who are concerned about what to do about work are concerned about the economy about getting sick there's so many things that people are concerned about right now and i thought like what an we have this you know world stage right and we could have like messages comforting so many of us who are so concerned and so worried about all these things like in our face right yeah. now. Yeah. And so, you know, I would have liked to have heard more, more talks directed at that, you know, but I, so that, I think that that's where my, some of my overall hesitation comes from. Sure. Otherwise it was fine. Yeah. I don't think conference was difficult, really terribly no. difficult for us at all. No. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I, I'm still, I still have this curiosity to listen. Um, and, but it's, it's, it used to be, it's, it is a, truly a curiosity. It mm-hmm. it used to be like a, oh man, what are they going to say now? Um, but it's, it's more of a curiosity for me now. And there was first, sorry, before we switch, thank you for sharing that by the way. Appreciate you sharing your feelings about it. Yeah. Um, there was um, this actually leads to one of the last things we wanted to talk about, and we're not quite switching topics to this yet. But we had an email question from a listener that fits this topic. So there was a conference talk from Elder Uchtdorf that rubbed me the wrong, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and really is one of the only. One of the only, not the only, but one of the only and probably the most pointed at uh, talks as, no, this is not how it is. Please stop. You're you're not helping. <laughs> you're not helping here. Uh, but in the talk, he calls those, uh, he calls many of those that, that leave the church unruly children. And I didn't like that at all. And I voiced it on Facebook. And it's not that... I voiced it. That's not the problem. It was how I voiced it that ended up being the problem. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Maybe I will read the, the email and then it'll make sense with the context. So Todd wrote, do you ever feel compelled to stay together just because you are public figures for mixed faith marriages? Or is this really working for you in a deep, authentic way? I know that's a pretty bold question, but it comes from fears about my own situation and not from an accusation about your motives. I hope you can be honest with your response. This is a vulnerable, important question for me. So it may not initially seem like this is a relevant question to what we're talking about, but let's tie it together real quick. Because the answer is a pretty emphatic no. We don't feel compelled to stay together because 
because of the podcast. When when, when you said public figures, I, I laughed. Katie like, was like, we're not public figures. We are not public figures. Like, we're just Katie, two we people are, telling our story. We're like Q-list public figures. We're not anywhere. We're like Z-list. I know. In mixed faith, in the mixed faith space, especially within Mormonism, we're public figures. Okay. Anyway, um, does it mean we're famous or celebrities or anything like that? Although, you know, we're pretty awesome. So, uh, I'm just kidding. So, the answer to his question is, no, we don't feel compelled to stay together because of this. But one thing that we do feel compelled to do is fit that middle ground approach and try to have that balanced well thought out um, approach so that those that are still in feel safe listening to me and those that are out feel safe listening to Katie. They don't feel that Katie's going to be giving the believing spouse any advice that would further drive them apart from their spouse who no longer believes and the vice versa for me and the non-believing spouse. And I would say up to this point, if we're, I mean, Al and I have been very authentic with who we are and our process and where we've been. And so I don't want anyone to think that we're not, we're withholding, um, you know, things or we're lying, we're lying about the, we're lying about who we are. Not at all. That's not what we're saying. Um, but we do know because of where we are, we want, we want to be safe with others because back a couple years ago we needed people that were safe right and we totally understand that so alan when you posted what you posted what was the response yeah so my my post and i could have made this post on facebook and it's still there if you want to go to my facebook page you can see it but there's an edit at the top of it now but my post was a very sarcastic take on what um, Elder Uchtdorf said about the un- unruly child. And the response that I got, to answer your question, Katie, the response that I got was predictably based on who was responding and where they were in their faith. People that agreed with me about the, the truth claims of the church and maybe some of the harmful um, messages that that sometimes come through were amen brother mount amen this is great i agree blah 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 but then those that were still in uh and bless their hearts for actually responding um were <laughs> were not as enthusiastic and it was almost immediately after posting it i didn't feel great about it and you can see that in the way that i responded to comments in the post because i was being overly empathetic and overly kind in my comments to people that would post in response, including shutting people down that were getting a bit aggressive, deleting a few comments that were very vulgar, those types of things. But within less than a day, it was the next, it was the next day. It was a couple of days. Yeah. Was it a couple of days? I, my memory may be failing me. So within a couple of days, um, I just, I didn't feel good about it. Uh, and, Part of the way, part of the reason why is because with the podcast, Katie and I have positioned ourselves as these people that can be safe for both sides. Well, we're trying to build bridges. Sorry, say that again. Closer. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, we're trying to build bridges with people. And I felt like that post was not doing that. It was not a bridge building post. It was a bridge burning post. 
And I wasn't upset with myself, but I was a little, a little bit, I was disappointed that I had forgotten that for a moment, for a moment. So just so everybody out there knows <laughs> that I do have very strong feelings and I do express those to Katie. Uh, I do, I do express some of them here on the, on the podcast and on my Facebook page and within the marriage and a tightrope group. But I want to make sure that it's always done in a way that is more of a bridge building approach than it is a bridge burning approach. I could have made the same post about the talk expressing my disapproval of it without doing it the way that I did. Anyway, yeah, there you go. So that's, that's a little bit of how conference was for us. And then we got, then we got a double duty slammed with Easter the next week. Yeah. So how was Easter? Was it harder or easier than conference? It was awful. (gasps) Okay. So in a nutshell, I will tell you how I felt. I posted on Facebook. It was very difficult. I know that Alan's in not a place where he uh, believes that Christ was divine. And so I also knew it would be my, my chance to teach the kids. I asked him, can I do this like little Easter egg resurrection uh, lesson with them? And he said, yes. And well, I think there was some tension there because he said, yes, it's, he was supportive of it, but anyway, it just makes it awkward for me. So I had planned it out. We listened to my favorite Easter hymn. We listened to the Motab sing it. And then we did this Easter egg um, activity where we talked about the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And all during the activity, the kids were total brats. Yeah. I mean, not paying attention. My Now, where was I when this happened? I mean, you were here. You were there. But yeah. my oldest two are, <laughs> I don't know, they're in this phase of, they're being very disrespectful lately. And if they don't want to do something, they will come out and say, I don't want to do this. This is a waste of time. And so they don't, we, we had to have another lesson, another Sunday lesson about being respectful and ways that we can disagree without being rude to someone else. But before that we had this lesson. And so the kids were just, they were rude. They didn't listen I mean, my daughter was the only one that was listening and participating. My my boys were just flippant about everything, and I was feeling like I was failing. Alan did a good job. He was trying to be supportive. He was trying to keep, like, the noise level down. But I was wanting this to be something, like, really special. And again, this is, it was just another thing that we don't share anymore. So I was feeling, like, very sad, and I was feeling a lot of grief from that. And so I, as soon as I finished the lesson and everyone, again, super rude, it was also my daughter's birthday. It was her eighth birthday. That's right. And it was just, I, it was just a really hard day because we couldn't be with family and we're celebrating our eighth birthday and now baptism is like smacking us in the face and I can't even make it through an Easter lesson with my kids and I totally felt like a failure. So as soon as we like, finished I went to the bathroom and I probably cried for like an hour and I just sat in the bathroom for an hour and I didn't want anyone to talk to me and I didn't want anyone to just come near me and I was I was a hot mess it was very sad 
It was a very hard day for me. And so that kind of carried on through the rest of the day. And Alan would ask me questions and immediately I would just start crying and I didn't want to talk about it because I was, my, my feelings were just on the surface of everything. And I felt like a fail. I felt like a failure. I felt like as a mom, you should be able to tell your kids or teach your kids. And my kids were anyway, I, it was hard. It was probably the worst Easter Sunday we've had yet. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. And you're not a failure, by the way. I think it's hard to teach them anything. Like it's, it's there at this point where we are a failure because clearly we don't know how to get our kids to just shut up and listen. I know it's, I don't know. I, I, here's, here's like my struggle and I'm sure a lot of you feel this way, but ever since we've been very open with the kids and we let them have an opinion, which is a good thing. It also means that we have a lot more conflict because they will, they feel like they, they will speak feel up. like they, they speak up on everything. And so like my little ones, they'll just, you know, okay, I'll go clean my room or, but my boys will say, well, why can't I do it at this time? They're very specific in their arguments. And even more so, you know, when we told them that we were having home church, oh, they complain about home church every week. Why do we have to have home church? This is, it's so boring. It's so dumb. I don't learn anything. And so now we're, we're moving into this, this disrespectful territory Right. And that's not okay. So I'm I'm like struggling with a where like there is a line, there are boundaries, and you know just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean you need to be res- disrespectful about it. And you can have an opinion about it anyway. Well, that shows integrity is and the measure of a person, right? Is how do you respond when you are in a situation? or you are listening to something you don't agree with, how do you respond? Because if we're sharing it with them, it's important to us. It's important to us. They need to be listening. They can voice what they want to voice, but they have to do it in a, in a respectful way, which is why the week after Easter, if you remember, our home church lesson was on respectfully disagreeing yeah and we watched a video on five tips to respectfully disagree which we can post here in the in the show notes because it was a really good video and we kind of we tried to practice a little bit with them and it's one of those things that one five minute video isn't going to solve the problem we have to continually practice it in ourselves and with with the kids and encourage them to practice it as well yeah but yes yes and yes and <laughs> uh Yes, and it's still difficult, right? The kids have an opinion now, mm-hmm. and all of you all of you parents that have teenagers who have adult children, you can completely, I'm sure, commiserate right. with us, you know, because they now have a voice. Um, you have to find that balance with them. And so there are so many other things happening with our with our older two that, you know, I think this is just another one. And anyway, so it was just, it's just been, it's been rough. We're all together all the time. (laughs) I mean, I think everything feels compounded because of the situation we're in. Sure. So I recognize that it's not going to be like this forever. It's going to get better. And it already has gotten better. Yeah. 
but those two things were sure those two those two Sundays. <laughs> yeah, they were difficult. rough. Well, I think we could end this episode with with two positive notes. One is we fully recognize, and we've talked about this. We fully recognize that we've got it good in this quarantine. Everybody is on the same page when it comes to this quarantine. Everyone literally almost in the world is under the same restrictions. So we are very grateful that I'm still employed, that uh, things are going well at work, that we're healthy, we're safe. Uh, We don't have to worry about a lot of things that a lot of people are worrying about. So we absolutely recognize that, that that is a positive in our lives. And at the same time, I don't feel, and this is, advice to us and maybe everyone out there. I don't feel it's disingenuous or it's disrespectful or uh, any other dis word you want to think of to recognize the difficulty in your own life with this. Uh, you shouldn't, you should recognize the privilege that you have, but not feel bad about the difficulties you do have just because someone else has it worse. Right. The other bright spot I think of being in quarantine has been, our course yeah. workshop on a tightrope. You guys, we filled the course and then there were lots we, of people who said, can you please add us? Can you please add us? We had so to turn we, a number of people away. Yeah. We had to turn a number of people away. And, um, just from the feedback we've received so far, it seems to have been like a success thus far. Right. Yeah. So we're, a, we're almost halfway done. This Sunday will be the halfway point. And then we go into the second half. So we have covered already um, topics like common values, negotiating the tenders, which is, you know, some behavioral changes are happening. How do you negotiate church attendance and alcohol and all those those difficult things? We're now going into a couple of weeks about parenting and there's going to be a sex and intimacy um, masterclass at the end of of all of this. And one thing that Katie and I have talked about is... Man, with all the demand, how often should we do this class? So I think at the current moment, we're looking at doing the the workshop on a tightrope again in the fall. So probably starting in September and running for six weeks at that point. But so far, it seems like it's been going well. It like like we mentioned a little bit earlier, it brings up these conversations that maybe you've been putting off and maybe are difficult. So it's, it's, you, you throw yourself into the deep end of the pool to work through some difficult things. And I think it's going well. We're going to ask all the participants to give us some feedback as well. And so far the feedback has been good. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. We just really want to do an update because it's been a while while since, since we were able to talk. Hope you enjoyed the last episode with Alan and his mom. Oh, that was so much fun. We received a ton of really positive feedback about that. So yeah, share that with your parents. If you'd like to say, Hey, look, look at this. You're not alone. They're not alone either. That's right. If you would like to donate to marriage on a tightrope, we have had some awesome donations lately. Our equipment. We also had a couple who donated to, uh, pay off people's yeah we had a few payment plans payment plans in the workshop and a really really nice couple came forward and, and said they'd like to sponsor a few of those payment plan uh, couples so that they didn't have to pay their second payment for the workshop and that was very much appreciated I think it brought tears to those those people's eyes because they really wanted to do this without being able to pay for all of it yeah so our 
I mean, your donations go right back into the podcast. So thank you for those who have donated. We just appreciate it so much. And anyone else that wants to throw some love our way, we will pay it forward. You can Venmo us at Marriage on a Tightrope, or you can go to our website, website org, and you can do a reoccurring payment or just a one-time payment. That would be amazing. And if you have any questions or comments or you would like to be interviewed, you know, we would love to hear from you. So you can email us, marriageonatightrope at, at gmail.com. Gmail Follow uh, us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Geez, there's so many ways of getting a hold of us now. You can text me at 801-809. And we look forward to talking to you once again. See you on the next episode. It's we're gonna see that it was better That we grew up together Tell me you don't wanna leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow and grow as we go Grow as we go Grow as we go Grow as we go, grow as we go.